0: The Destruction Factor by James Follett with Paul Copley and Rosalind Adams Episode 1 Seeds of Creation Cathy!
1: What's the matter?
0: It's me aunt, love.
2: What? I, I think it's beating slow. Oh, don't be silly. It's another two hours
1: before we have to get up.
2: Try and get to sleep. No. I feel sort of
1: sort of it. It's like I've been out drinking. It's a funny sort of feeling it is.
2: <laughs> Come
1: back to bed. It's gonna be a nice day. Oh, I really do feel funny. This plant's grand since yesterday.
3: Look at the size its sleeves
0: are now. Huge.
2: <sighs> Promise not to smoke in bed anymore.
1: Well, just one now. <laughs> Down to ten a day now.
3: <laughs> yeah, kids, Kathy. This this magic well, is turning like don't a. Don't bed. Yeah, we'll need another breathing set. Well, how are we to know it would burn like that? No, no, it's a usual problem with bungalows, not knowing which room they're using as a bedroom. We
2: never really had much to do with them. A, a drink last Christmas, that
4: sort
1: of thing. But you must know which room they're using as a bedroom. I'm sorry, Mr. Stina. Detective Inspector Baltham. I'm sorry, Inspector, but we hardly know him.
3: Well, he works at that mechanical plant. Well, everyone, please get well back. There's nothing to see. Please get right back. Excuse me. <laughs> okay, now back. Now there's <laughs> more vehicles coming Let me. Just wait well back. <laughs> Anyone in there? I've no idea, madam. <laughs> You lot showed up. Uh, look, the fire spread of the garage, Mr. Balfour We're going to try and drag the van out. Now, one of my lads says there's drums of some sort in the back, but he can't read the labels. You must close the road and get those bungalows evacuated. He
4: works for the chemical plant, what often brings a loaded van home in the evening. Oh, we said it was dangerous, didn't I, Joe? Yeah, it's all
3: right. Now, now get well
4: back.
3: Right, you've got a minute, Mr. Balfour yeah, Sure. Uh, thanks for turning up. I caught it on my car radio. I was on my way home for breakfast. Have you found them? Yes, they're on the back lawn now. Covered up. Uh, don't mess up, Let the break off and drag it out. Uh, I'll tell you something, Mr. Balfour. It won't be any good getting their next akin kin to identify them. It's their dentist you'll be needing. Uh, that's the van out. One problem, less. God, I know that. It's an integral garage. It shouldn't be allowed. Dentist? But surely the fire hasn't been going long enough to destroy their A place. man and a woman. Do you know how we knew their sexes? By their pelvic bones.
5: The, gun the guns contain diluted weed killer, Mr. Garrard issued by the Eurochem Agricultural Research Laboratories Corporation. same as the name on the van. All right,
3: treat it as a fire hazard. Right. Well, my wife will be wondering where I am. Uh, look, it'll be safe to go in the bungalow in ten minutes or so, Mr Balfour. These uniformed lads will cope, Mr Cove. Yeah, look, I'd like you to see inside. Look, I'm CID. I've just spent 12 hours being interested in crime. Now all I'm interested in is a warm, cosy bed with me in it, asleep. Look, I don't think this was an accident, Mr Balfour. I'm certain that Edward and Kathleen Downs were murdered. Sure, it's safe. These walls are still giving off heat. Yeah, well, look, stay on our planks. Don't put your weight on the joists, otherwise you'll go through to the subfloor.
0: Oh,
3: God, what a mess. My wife will kill me. Well, There's no need to touch anything. Just look. Well, what do you think? This was a bedroom. Uh-huh. That tangle of ironmongery is the remains of their bedspread. Methurst and Williams found what was left of Mr and Mrs Downs lying on it. Nice. Yeah, but doesn't that strike you as odd? I mean, the woman next door said they weren't crippled, so how is it they died in their bed? Tell me. Uh, take a look at this. <clears throat> yeah, there. A small chunk of brickwork. Now look closely at it. It looks more like a bit of, well, ceramic of some sort. Yeah, correct, but it was brick. It's been vitrified. Eh? It's turned into glass by the heat. So there's been a fire? Yeah, a domestic fire, Mr Balfour, and domestic fires don't generate the sort of temperatures that can turn brickwork to glass. I now mean, look at this. Earthenware flower pots fused into glass. We're not dealing with an ordinary fire, Mr. Balfour. No ordinary fire could do this. We are dealing with the sort of temperatures that are encountered in an industrial furnace. Not the low temperatures you get by burning bedding, furniture, and floorboards in the normal way. Well, what would be the abnormal way? Any way that introduces an abnormal quantity of oxygen to sustain combustion. Are uh, you're leaving me behind. A forced draft. Oh, light billows.
1: It will a fireplace
3: like that one. No, no, that was bricked up years ago when the central heating was installed. You try putting your hand up the chimney.
1: Uh, I'll take your word for it.
3: So the room was sealed? Virtually, yes. And that's where the uh, the contradiction creeps in. I mean, in a small room like this, the air couldn't be replenished fast enough to support even a small fire... And certainly not a fire that reached furnace intensity so quickly that Mr. and Mrs. Downs had no time to even get out of bed. First you tell me it was an intense blaze, and now you telling me that an intense blaze wasn't possible. All I am saying is there is a contradiction in the evidence. And that the coroner couldn't record anything but an open verdict on the death of Mr. and Mrs. Downs until that contradiction is cleared up. And clearing it up is going to be a police job. That's right. I'll write up the mystery and you can solve it, each to his own. Thanks. Any time. Where will you start?
2: That's him over there. Uh,
1: Mr. Howard Rogers? Yes? I understand that you're the transport manager at uh, Eurochem Agricultural Research Laboratories. That's right. Yeah. And General Dog's body. Why?
2: I work there as well. Has he done something awful?
1: Denise, uh, don't you think it's time you slipped into something opaque?
2: If you start screaming, I won't hear.
1: Mm. Very nice. I wasn't told you were married. I'm not. She's just dropped in for breakfast. Uh, I'm sorry to call so early, Mr Rogers, but it's urgent. You have a driver who works for you, Delco. Uh, Mr Edward Downes. Ted Downs. yes. There's been an accident this morning at his home. Huh? A fire. How serious? It was fatal, for him and his wife, hmm. about two hours ago. I'm uh, sorry. How did it happen? Well, we're not sure of the exact details yet. He had several drums of weed killer in the back of his
6: van. Oh, that's right, yeah. Complex B put in a priority requisition yesterday for 200 litres of diapon. I sent Ted to Cardiff, our production plant, to collect it. He'd have got back late last night and driven straight home. There's no one in Complex B at night with the authority to accept deliveries. Complex B? The industrial research unit at Erco, the place behind the high barbed wire fence. Those perimeter surveillance TV cameras feed pictures to your police station. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't know half of what goes on in our nick. So Edward Downes had access to dangerous chemicals, highly inflammable chemicals. Well, So? Well, Edward Downes and his wife died under what is loosely termed as suspicious circumstances. Either someone planted an incendiary device in their bedroom, or, oh, oh. more likely, Downes had been systematically milking Urko of inflammable chemicals and storing them in his bedroom. Oh, you're crazy.
6: The stuff we produce is so cheap, you'd have to steal it by the ton, from Monday to Friday, to make even a few pounds a week. It's not unknown. Look, do you know what we turn out? Cheap fertilisers and herbicides for developing countries. Emphasis on cheap. I wouldn't be working for them if they exploited poor countries. Anyway, none of this stuff's inflammable.
1: I have to eliminate the possibility that Downs was stealing from Earl no, How? By going over your records, checking every delivery note and invoice for consignments handled by him over the past two years. There were never any complaints about short deliveries. Good. That means it won't take us long to double-check. When do you want to start? This morning, 11. I'll be along with the
6: detective constable. Okay, I'll tell the main gate to expect you. Oh, you'll have to have your pictures taken. It'll be issued with visitor's badges. Well, we don't want to enter your complex B. Oh, you wouldn't be allowed in there anyway,
1: old son. I've never been in there, and I've worked for Elko for three years. Right, your office then, 11. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, say goodbye to your lovely friend for me. <laughs> be seeing you.
2: Mm-hmm. What was that? Mm-hmm. What was what? Listen.
6: Oh, thought I heard something.
2: Nothing gets through the triple glazing. Oh, I never get used to the sight of silent jets dropping into Heathrow. Let's eat somewhere noisy. That spit and sawdust club we found last year.
6: Oh, it's been ruined by the digital watch and MGB brigade. <laughs> How are those two cops making out?
2: Oh, they're efficient. Last time I looked in, they were ploughing through the third quarter of last year.
6: Mm, It's a bloody cheek, the whole thing.
2: Have you told Dad there are hordes of policemen picking over company records?
6: (laughs) You reckon he'd be interested?
2: What do you think of my potted plant?
6: I mean, when did he last shove his nose out of Complex B? I found it
2: growing in the verge near the main gate. Ah, your Detective Inspector Balfour is heading this way. Look, he's on monitor Mm. three. Uh,
6: Come in, Mr Balfour. Find it unnerving the way the doors here slide open by themselves. Yeah, useful when you're pushing trolleys around loaded with computer
1: tapes. I suppose. I'm sorry to trouble you, but I need your help. Uh, these delivery notes have been initialed by D.E. I was wondering who D.E. is.
2: Oh, that's me, Denise Exon. Show me.
1: Oh. But didn't I see the name Exon on the board by the main gate?
2: Ralph Exon, Elko's technical director and my father. I used to be his personal secretary until he got fed up with my shorthand and offloaded me onto Keir Hardy here.
6: Who? <laughs> oh, I see. yes, yes. She has a regrettable sense of humour and will be brutally punished when you've gone.
2: <laughs> Promises. <laughs> How can I help?
1: Well, you've initialled three of these delivery notes as goods unexamined.
2: Mm, yes, that's quite normal when there's no time to check a consignment.
1: Oh, can you remember if there were any discrepancies?
2: Oh, November of last year. Oh, I was Dad's secretary then. No, oh, I can't remember any shortages. Uh,
5: two 2,4-D. What is 2,4-D? It's a herbicide, Mr Balfour. A particularly lethal herbicide. An auxin and turga pressure herbicide. Do you know what that means? Hello, Dad. Uh, good morning, mm, no. sir. No, I have no idea, sir. Auxins are the hormones that are present in infinitesimal but vital quantities in all plants, Mr Balfour. They control the plant's growth rate. And... Turgor pressures govern its movements. The bean racing up a stick, the sudden snap of a Venus flytrap closing on its prey, a daisy opening its petals to the sun. They're all governed by auxins and turgor pressures. And man, in his deviousness, has taken those hormones and uses them against plants to destroy them.
2: He doesn't want to lecture, Dad.
5: No, no, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, how do they kill plants? Oh, put simply. Spraying a plant with 2,4-D provides a massive auxin dose that triggers explosive growth. Cell division is accelerated and the cells themselves become elongated. The plant outstrips the ability of its roots to provide nutrients and it dies. Uh, Mr. Balfour is investigating an accident, sir. It happened to morning. Edward Downs, the driver. Yes. Hmm. I've heard all about it from security. I hope you're receiving full cooperation from Mr. Rogers. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, if you'll excuse all me. All our records are at your disposal, Mr. Balfour. Uh, personally, I have no doubt that Downes had been robbing this company for several years. Well, if you've positive evidence, sir, then I'd be... I know. You to... Hopefully you'll find it for us. Oh, uh, presumably my consignment is still at Downs' house. Oh, hell, the van. I'm sorry, I'd forgotten all about it. I'll send someone over now to collect it. No,
2: we haven't got a standby driver. I'll go and get it after lunch.
5: Oh, thank you, Denise. Well, good luck with your investigation, Balfour. Thank you, sir. Um, oh, yes. Yes, there was something else. It's time we held a few, uh, open days Uh, through the place, open to the public next weekend, say I'll, uh, personally conduct the tours of Complex B and you can look after the rest of the place we'll, uh, discuss it tomorrow morning
1: Well, uh, I must get back to my investigation Uh, Thank you for your help, Miss Exon
2: Oh, pleasure.
6: Oh, you realise what's happened, don't you? Your father spent so much time working alone in Complex B that he's finally blown a mental fuse. It's odd. TV cameras, an electric fence, floodlighting, regular security patrols, and God knows what else. Two million pounds spent on keeping people out, and now he's talking about opening it to the public? My
2: potted plant. What? What? I'm sure it had only four leaves this morning.
6: At such short notice. That's what gets me. Six, seven, nine,
2: ten. Coming to bed.
6: We ought to cut down on something. Forty pounds on wine last month.
2: The soft life demands hard cash.
6: Nearly 60 quid's worth of petrol went into your triumph. The embossing on your Barclay card must be worn out from the hammering it
2: gets. Howard, my precious, you're rapidly becoming a frightful domesticated little boar.
6: Hmm. I know what it's like to be poor.
2: Here we go again. Roots. I'll walk out on you if you start on about your wretched cobbles, clogs and black pudding background.
6: <laughs> all I'm saying is that we and ought to be... What
2: I'm saying is that if you're spoiling for a dust-up, we might as well have one what have you done with my potted plant
6: what potted plant
2: it was gone when i got back to the office this afternoon
6: <laughs> i've no idea what you're rabbiting about what potted plant
2: the one i rescued from the verge responding magnificently to my woman's touch it was
6: Ooh, like i do
2: i should be so lucky <laughs> it was on my desk
6: oh that weird thing
2: yes that now what have you done with it
6: look love. i swear i haven't touched it Oh, hang on, though. It was on your desk. Yes. Your father was staring at your desk when he came into the office.
2: Are you accusing poor Dad of stealing potted plants?
6: I didn't say that. I just happened to notice that he seemed to be interested in your desk. Maybe those uh, fuzz nicked it.
2: Don't be stupid. (laughs) I suppose you went to the canteen for coffee, as I wasn't around to fetch and carry for you. Yep. And you didn't lock the office.
6: Well, how was I to know that there were plant nappers on the loose? All right. It's all my fault. I'll buy you another one. What sort of plant was it?
2: That, that's just it, Howard. I don't know. Which was why I was attracted to it in the first place. I meant to ask Dad what it was, because it was like no other plant that I've ever seen in my life.
4: <coughs> <coughs> She's lion I hate cottoning! Honest, I hate cottoning! Oh, I hate wet your head no. or Harriet's going to pull all your hair out. <coughs> handful by handful. Aren't you, Harriet? Yeah. Slow like. Please. Cut no, me. I ain't... No. much out.
2: What's going on here? Now, come on, girls. You've had long enough in the showers. Breakfast in 30 minutes. What's the matter, Anne? Nothing, miss. All right, then. Now... Come on, girls, you'll all catch cold standing around with nothing on. Breakfast in 30 minutes. No good doing anything out <laughs> here. Let's get into our room. I think we've got the mid-in there
4: anyway. <laughs> Unlock it. Please, no, oh, I ain't got none. You should open your windows. This room stinks of fag, so where are they? Know what my boyfriend liked to do to me? Used to work real hard, it did. Sadistic little swine he was. Shower. Really <laughs> hurts. Better have a pillow ready, case she screams like I used to. Oh, they're still. No! 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 Do you want her to do it again, love? No! No, please. They're over there. That's more like it. Where? Funny noise. Behind the curtains, on the windowsill. Can't see no fags? Nothing except this plant thing. There. Uh, look at there. Where's the fags, then? It's twice as big as what it were yesterday. making some sort of noise. The fags. In the flowerpot pot buried. What do you think? Oh. It's a funny looking plant. Don't make sense. weren't nothing like as big as this yesterday when I dug it up. Where'd you find it? Whole oh, oh, packet. Only I mean, three smokes. Oh, oh matches too. Oh, I haven't had a drag for three months. One each for now. Oh, fiddle funny. Eh? Yeah, all well, light headed like I've been drinking. <laughs> Don't reckon much on that plant. Ugly thing. To make some sort of noise. Yeah, that's what I thought. Did your boyfriend really do that to you? What you did to me? Of course. That's why I stuck him in your mum's pinking shoes. <laughs> that's why they shoved me in this dump. Well, I couldn't tell him in court why I stuck him now, could I? Oh, look at that. Old fag and not some tatty dogging. <laughs> Come on, Harriet. Strike them, actually. Hey, look at the way he's...
6: Uh, someone's cat stuck up a tree.
2: <laughs> Howard, stop a minute. Eh? Well, uh, what's the matter? Pull over onto the verge, quickly. I want to go over to those trees. Oh, uh,
6: can't you hang on until we get to the office? Oh, Denise, Denise, come back. Oh, my God. Look, love, going to the trees, not there. Look, Howard, isn't it
1: beautiful?
6: What well, that? I've never seen such an ugly plant. Is that what you came charging over here it's for? It's
2: exactly the same as the one that was stolen from the office yesterday. Mm-hmm.
6: So what sort of plant is it?
2: Well, if I knew that, I wouldn't be so interested in it, would I? It's not unlike a soya bean plant, but the leaves are far too big. Anyway, the soya won't grow in this country.
6: Yeah, well, this one seems to be flourishing.
2: Have you got a spade? Oh, damn it,
6: yes. I knew there was something I'd forgotten.
2: (laughs) Don't be cheeky, little fella. (laughs) I want to show it to Dad, see if he can identify it. Mm. And besides, i I rather like it. Don't you?
6: No, but then uh, you always did have lousy taste.
2: Oh, thanks. (laughs) Now then, plant. Uh, What are you going to do? Tear a leaf off to show Dad. Hey, don't
6: touch it, Denise.
2: Why not? I I said don't touch it. Ow. You clobber me, you get clobbered right back.
6: Well, I was thinking of you. Now, how do you know that thing isn't poisonous? I
2: don't intend to eat it, just tear off a leaf.
6: Yeah, well, supposing it's poisonous to the touch. It isn't. How do you know? It's ugly. Now, isn't that supposed to be nature's warning sign? Uh, keep off, I'm dangerous. You're
2: forgetting something. And it's
6: only mid-April, so how come this plant's fully mature? It's
2: been a mild spring, the soil's warming up. The reason I know it's not poisonous to the touch is because the one I had on my desk that someone stole or disposed of didn't hurt me. Oh, goodness! tough his old boots. Oh, you try it. that large leaf there.
6: They're all large. Oh, are you sure it won't bring me up in a particularly virulent rash, unknown to dermatologists? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. <clears throat> there.
2: Right. Thanks. Come on, we're going oh. to be hideously late. <sighs>
6: So what are you going to do with it?
2: Uh, call Complex B as soon as we get to the office and ask Dad to have lunch with us at our pub.
6: Mm. Yes, looks like his Jensen just parked. Yes, it's him.
2: Have you noticed how worried-looking he's been the past few days?
6: Well, he's tired. He too long shut up in those labs.
2: Oh, well, at least he's dedicated to his work. Oh. Howard, Don't go calling him Sir all the time, call him Mr Exon or or even Ralph, he won't show it but he'd be secretly delighted. Oh
6: sure, your father has the sort of personality that can freeze alcohol.
2: Dad!
5: (laughs) Hello Denise, good afternoon Howard. Hello Dad. Good afternoon Mr Exon. I saw the menu as I came in, the steak please Howard, well done. Right. I expect the vegetables are frozen? I expect so. The only food that isn't ruined in a freezer is ice cream. The steak by itself, please, and ice cream to follow. Anything to drink? Just the food. Fine. I'll go and order.
4: Uh,
6: You're looking
2: tired, Dad.
5: I take it that this little gathering isn't to celebrate an announcement that you two are going to make.
2: What? Oh no, no, of course not. No, I wanted to. How ask you run you... your
5: life is your affair, but I often wonder what your mother would have thought. You know what last Sunday's date was.
2: Uh, April the um. 12th, why? Oh, Lord, Dad, I'm terribly sorry.
5: I thought you'd forget. I put an extra wreath on a grave with your name on it. Not that one can fool the dead.
2: Dad, I'm awfully sorry. Well,
6: they are ready in ten minutes. Well, now, we solved the mystery.
5: What mystery?
2: We found an unusual plant this morning. One that I couldn't identify I'd also found one the other day, but it vanished from the office yesterday.
6: Mm, you found an unusual plant. <laughs> ugly thing. Oh, I doubt it. There's no such thing as an ugly plant. Oh, My mother had an aspidistra that she <coughs> used but to keep in... There's
4: a leaf
2: from it in my handbag. I wrapped it in a handkerchief, so... Oh, my God.
6: Oh, what's the matter?
2: It's, it, it's
5: grown roots. Look. Oh, good Lord, look at that. They must be, what, two inches long. Where did you find this plant, Denise?
2: Um, uh, on the edge of a clump of trees this side of the Skyway Service Station near the airport. Well, how on earth can a leaf
5: grow roots? Well, there's nothing unusual about plants being propagated from leaf cuttings. Commercial nurserymen do it with begonias, gloxinias, sympholias.
2: Yes. yes, Dad, but these roots have grown two inches in three hours. I mean, look at them.
5: Well, I dare say the dark, warm conditions in your handbag are ideal for...
2: Put it away. What?
5: Put it away. I can remember the rank, Hmm. Detective Inspector, but not the name. Detective Inspector Balfour. Good afternoon, Mr. Exon. uh, Miss Exon, Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm sorry to trouble you, sir, but I've just called your place and your senior lab technician said I'd find you here.
5: It's urgent. No, you'd better sit down, then. Actually, I wanted to see you. (laughs) I've discovered that our driver, Edward Downs, had been stealing chemicals from Urko. Oh? How did you find that out?
1: Oh, that has some bearing on why I'm here. There's been another fire. Three girls at the community centre, and that's the trendy name for the old remand home, uh, were burnt this morning. Had to be taken to hospital.
2: That must have been those fire engines we saw this morning. How, how badly burnt were they?
1: Well, they managed to escape from a blazing room with their hair on fire. They've got extremely severe scalp burns, but the chances are they'll be OK. What have they been doing? Oh, they won't say. Well, then, uh, what has this got, got to do with uh, Elko? The fire had the same
5: characteristics as the fire that killed Edward Downs and his wife yesterday morning. Everything inflammable in the room had burned at exceptionally high temperatures, yes? Oh, how do you know? Have you told him, Denise? I can clear up the mystery of your two fires for you, Balfour. They were caused by spontaneous combustion. Yes, you were right about Edward Downes stealing chemicals from us, but he was clever enough not to steal it while it was in his care. The chemical he'd been helping himself to was sodium chlorate. How much had he taken? Well, probably as much as half a tonne over two years. Now, anything inflammable that has been in contact with sodium chlorate is liable to burst into flames without warning. Flames that can't be smothered. Oh, surely,
1: cutting off a fire supply of oxygen with a blanket or rug is bound to put it out. Correct. But sodium chlorate provides its own oxygen as it burns. Half oh, a ton.
6: Hold on. Uh, the weed killer we sell under our path blitz trade name contains a fire suppressant.
5: Downs have been stealing unsuppressed sight blitz. That's a a weed killer sold only to the building industry to clear sites overrun with weeds. Mm. It's stored in 10 kilogram containers, so the chances are that Downs had transferred it to smaller containers and had sold it to all his friends. Well, if that's the case, I suppose we can consider ourselves lucky we've only had two fires. This is mid-April, Mr Balfour, the beginning of the growing season. The soil is warming up quickly this year, weeds are pushing up fast, and people's thoughts turn to weed killers. I wouldn't be too surprised if there were a whole spate of fires in the near future.
0: In The Destruction Factor by James Follett, the part of Howard Rogers was played by Paul Copley, Denise Exon, Rosalind Adams, Ralph Exon, Clifford Rose, Balfour, Peter Wickham, Garrard, Rod Beecham, Ted Downs, Bruce Beebe, Kathy Downs, Joan Matheson, Millie, Karen Archer, Anne, Christine Absalom, Harriet, Debbie Cumming. The production was by David Spencer.